Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Nation. That's the Barbecue Nation on the brand new USA Radio Networks. I'm JT, along with Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, and my co-host, Miss Leanne Whippin, fresh off her trip to the SEC there in Atlanta. Uh, it's Christmas, so what can you expect this year and next year when you're shopping in the meat case? Well, we're going to talk to Will Homer here in a minute about that. Will is the COO and chief janitor over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, we'd like to thank Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature had intended. And uh, Gorilla Grills, tough, sturdy, dependable, and, and great looking. That's Gorilla Grills. Check them out online at gorillagrills.com. Hey, buddy, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. I had to introduce you to yeah. Leanne. This is Will. Will, this is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Hey, Will. Nice Pleasure to meet you. To meet you. you as well. So we were talking the other day on the phone. And, of course, the big news thing now is, oh, inflation and, oh, shortages yes. and, oh, supply chain and all the terrible, terrible things. Yes. Okay. So what's happening on your end with that before we start talking about real oh my beef? goodness. We got I, 12 minutes. So that's, yeah. <laughs> you're going to shove it all in. Okay. I, I didn't. I never took an auctioneer's course, yes. but I probably should have to cover all those at one time. But um, I think we're still dealing with a... We're still we're still dealing with with people who just they're they've got money and they want to buy things they want to buy good things and they're still buying beef at the store and they've moved that dollar that uh, that dollars that they were spending in restaurants and such to home cooking and we're teaching another generation to cook and they're still buying a lot of materials at the store and, and you remember it wasn't that long ago we were going to work on hand to mouth everybody was going to order you know just in time ordering walmart right. was going to just in time and they were going to just in time to the grocery door and they were going to just in time and just in time well it didn't take much of a pebble in the road to turn just in time into just a big wreck and i think that's what they've really done on that side of things demand side you know i just like i told you we just went to denver to do a went to a one day seminar we go once a year to kind of an outlook to the future and right and the world is getting wealthier and the and as people get wealthier and i know that's hard to talk about in today when they tell us we're all coming to an end but it you know you know how well, i feel that, about yeah. that but anyhow um uh, as the world gets wealthier they want to eat more beef and less chicken less pork and less beans and rice and and more and the world is bidding. And in fact, I have an article I just printed out. I want to show to some stores next next month when I go see them. It it asks a question: Will the American consumer outbid the world for their beef? Because they're hungry. The world is hungry, and they are they are buying American corn fed beef. And that is it's a commodity in general. And when it has demand, it, price goes up all across the board. 
So, and that's not rocket science. No, no, that, that was yeah, that was one hundred and one class. Uh, yeah, you should you know when they had the Samuelson textbook on econ back yeah. in, back there, you know, and that was like your first two weeks. Yes, it's not that hard. Nope. They should have taught you that in civics class in yeah. high school, too. Yes. You know? I, mean, I mean, really, because, you know, being part of the media, yes. Leanne's part of the media, and now you're part of the media. Oh, good. Uh, you're the star and fossil. <laughs> um, but the stories every day. Yes. Yeah, and then that's one of the reasons I actually don't watch the local news, <clears throat> excuse me, is because... They get it filtered down from network. I know how it works. Okay. So they do that and they, they homogenize it. And then they send a reporter out to go check, you know, grandma and grandpa's store on the corner at 45th yeah. and nowhere. Yeah. And they say, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't get our, our rib roast for, yeah. for Christmas or we right. can't get our hams for Easter or whatever. Right. They don't have the buying power, first of all, a lot of times. In a high demand situation yeah. like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How is it in Florida, Leanne? Yeah, what's Florida like? It's, it's, I mean, you go to the store and you can get anything you want, but the price is obviously higher. But I haven't had the issue where, you know, I can't find something. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. last, last year, COVID, full COVID year, yeah. whatever year that was, I'm lost. I'm, like, yeah, I know. Will Robinson lost yes. his face here. Um, that was the first time in my life I had ever really seen uh, meat counters, big sections of them empty. Yeah. You know, on a continual basis. Yeah. I mean, you go in there and maybe you go in there on a Monday and they get their loads on Tuesday. So that's thin yeah. in spots. That's normal. Yeah. You know, that's nothing to worry about. But there were big blanks. Yeah. Like that, and you would ask them, they say, well, I don't know, we're supposed to get a delivery tomorrow, but it might not get here till well, Thursday or whatever. Yeah, but those plants, those plants shut down. You know, that yeah. one in Greeley shut down for a week, and it, it harvests 6,000 head of cattle a day. So wow. that got way behind in a hurry. Right. The, the one that we work with in Pasco, we got down to, it, it was doing 2,100 head a day pre-COVID. Uh, if we fell into 900, it was all they could do to get 900 head done. And this is because of people, right? It's all about sending people home and making people stay home. And the people that showed up were doing the best they could, but they could get through 900. And then we got all the way down to a skip week and we skipped a week and, and oh my God, you know, where did, you know, it just, it just dried things up. And, and again, it's, it's a perishable item. So it has a it has a track to it. It has a you know, shelf it come, life. It yeah. comes out today and it's planned for tomorrow and it's on an ad three day, three weeks from now. And, you know, I mean, you're you're those those folks at the big plants. Now, I I try my best. I mean, I, I have to predict how many head of cattle we're going to harvest a week for March, April, May, June, July of next year. And I have to have that in my pocket right now. But those folks not only have that, but they also have sales and projected returns and every i mean they, they it's crazy how in-depth they're trying to get with that but as soon as you upset that curve you know the all of a sudden the costcos of the world are short five truckloads of something right it shows up in a hurry in the instant in a show well, my question is COVID obviously came as a surprise and so you have the lack of workers therefore you can't you know go through the head that you have there yeah. and did they get too old where you couldn't use them? No, um, no cattle. Have, this is this is kind of crazy in cattle. Cattle have a seasonality, right? That most mm -hmm. all of them are born, at least here in the West, 
and then and the, the north i think in some in the south it does the seasonality changes a little bit but with with beef cattle you birth calves with regards to the weather with regards to grass so we birth calves in the west uh in this in the spring really early spring january february march so that we can have them home have them we're feeding cows we we vaccinate we brand calves we get them all prepared and then as the grass starts to grow we turn cows and calves out onto the range and they 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 don't disappear but i call it disappear you put them out on the range and you let them go and mama's raise calves and and they're gone and um and and so way to go jeff hey, thank you. <laughs> and so we take that seasonality that birth dates that are all compressed into a two three four month period and stretch it over 12 months and so uh it did you're you're right there is a little quirk here um the typical harvest we harvest the best cattle we have january february march april because those cattle are oldest those are 22 24 months of age they grade the best. They're they're the best. They they look the best in the case. You know, you sell it by beauty in the case, and then we turn into May and barbecue season and grilling season and all those things. And our age changes to the next year, and we have to move to a calf fed, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen month old. And mm-hmm. and but but you do bring up an important point. We we hit that point where we were pushing those cattle. They were coming to 24, 25, mm-hmm. 26 months of age, and we stopped them and held them up and pushed them. And the very first thing that the big packer did, and I tried to do it in my little world, but the big packer did was go to the cattle that had the biggest, uh, they called it humanity or uh, humane handling risk. Mm-hmm. And that was the oldest, the biggest the the most at risk animals they got those in the front of the line and they worked on that yeah. first but but then and, and like I say I should be an auctioneer because I get to talking too much but <laughs> you also ask about age a thirty month we we do thirty month and under cattle in these fed cattle plants however cattle do get over thirty and they do have to process those they just have to process them differently they have to take all the bones out basically so. So every week they have to deal with everything that can come out of a truck. You know, even though I send them the best cattle I can, I'm going to have uh, 700 head of cattle. I'm going to have seven selects. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have 150 choice, and I'm going to have 300 and something or 400 something uh, prime. Or I'm sorry, choice 150 primes. Then I'm going to have a select. I'm going to have dark cutters, two or mm-hmm. three. I'm going to have 30 monthers. I'm going to have all those things. And every week, every day, those, that plant has to deal with those. So a 30-month animal is actually an animal they, they cut separately, they bone it separately, but then it goes into its own code and out on the street it goes. So it still makes it out in the market. It just, uh-huh. they, they, didn't have to, they didn't have to knock any in the head or, you know, they yeah. didn't have to do anything outside. So it still made it in the market, but they got great big. I got lots of boxes where the, they couldn't close the box. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, and and I think the OSHA limitations like seventy five pound box, and there's ninety pound boxes flying all over the place because they wow. just get great big. So, but we've kind of cleaned all that up. All that's clean right now, and we're just just finally they think we're finally to the point we've cleaned up all the backlog, and we're just going to start the money, which is going to allow the money to go to the cowboy, and he's going to start getting more money for cows and calves. And, they'll like that. Yeah, they'll get a like new that. truck. Uh-huh. Pay off that last divorce, yeah. do all that stuff. Yeah, he'll, he'll really like that. Yeah. Um, are we about ready to take a break there, Chris? 
One minute. Okay. Well, I'm not going to ask you a question. Don't ask me. No, I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> Have you ever, Leanna, when you're in Florida, and remember, we've got about 45 seconds now. You ever been out and seen the cattle ranches in Florida? I've seen them from afar and they, they do exist. And I actually didn't know they had that when I moved to Florida. So it was kind of intriguing. And I think there's a restaurant here that actually uses local cattle. Yeah. So. That's that's it. kind of the thing now. We are going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, Miss Leanne and I will be back with Mr. Will Homer, the COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef, right after these kind messages. Stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Miss Leanne Whippen. You like it? I kind of got formal with you today, that Miss part. You have. Yeah. yeah. Co-pilot. Uh, it, yeah. Okay. It's uh, Christmas. I'm trying to be nice. Oh, yeah. You have to. And you, yes. Will Homer. Yes. Uh, C-E-O-O-O-O-O. You're going to have to quit calling me the janitor, though, because the ladies back at the office are going to make me in charge of that. They find out. So here's a question I've actually been asked. When the cattle are in the field, and you, you've been looking at millions of them throughout yes. your lifetime, you yes. know, I've seen a few, but you look at me and say, that's, that's, that's going to be a good one. And not because you're planning on showing it at the state fair or something, right. but it's going to be a high yield right. uh, cow right. here. Tell us about that. How do you, is that just a trained eye thing, or is that just something you naturally sent, well, sense, or do you have a group of them? Mm-hmm. Yes, that you've that come from a specific breeding program that yes. say, yeah, that those are the real there, high yield ones. There, you're closer. Yeah. So you don't misunderstand Old McDonald's Farm. We all grow up grow singing Old McDonald, but it doesn't exist. And right. and so it kind of does as you move further closer to Leanne. There's more Old McDonald going on that direction. Although she's in the, I think it's the largest cattle producing state in the nation, Florida. It has the most because it has the most uh, uh, vegetation. Yeah. Right. It's a huge, the biggest ranch in the, in the nations in Florida, not in Texas. And and it's that's where though. But but those are I'm going to call them swamp cattle. I shouldn't yeah. say that. But they, down there, the grass overgrows the, the nutrition and they actually have to subsidize the nutrition value of the grass to keep the cattle healthy and whatnot. But anyway, so it isn't about having 500 head of cattle and you go out there and you pick out seven of the best ones. It's about raising the best crop for the year. No different than you would your wheat crop or your corn crop or anything else. So you're going right. to raise the best crop of the year. You're going to buy bulls. They, they turn bulls over about four years. Remember, we've talked about how, you know, luckily men aren't treated like bulls because yeah. bulls are young and vigorous and they use them about three or four years and then they move on. But they sounds about right to me. (laughs) I knew she'd jump on that. And so, so they, uh, (laughs) so, so you, you check your genetics and you use those genetics against your master cow herd. Right. And you create the best pens or groups of calves and you sell those calves in 
what might be called a pot load in the Midwest, a truck load or sure. lot loads or, or how that works, or you bring them to my program and there'll be tops and bottoms. There'll be group from the, from the high to the low. And in fact, in this event we went to last week, they were showing a pen of cattle where they harvested a hundred head of cattle. And we got one that knocked the, you know, knocked the socks off. And we got two down here at the bottom end and, and there's all, all hundred fit in between those two. And right. the idea is to get the most uniformity you can and get the most consistency and to be able to, to provide the best product you can overall. And that's, that's the beef business. That's, that is the true beef business. Now in the, in the Midwest, it gets kind of goofy. Now in the, in, I've heard in Missouri, you know, you raise 20 cows per acre out here in the West, you raise one cow per 20 acres. Um, hmm. I, I heard a guy talk about, a you know, a packing house over in uh, Iowa, I believe it is, pulls cattle out of Illinois and the average ranch size, farm size in Illinois is 32 head of cattle. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine trying to fill one of those plants kills three or four or 5,000 head of cattle a day with 35? Now, wait a minute. Let's go back. 35 head of cattle means 15 steers and 14 heifers. And then he's going to keep four or five heifers. You know, he just doesn't even have hardly has enough to put in a 24 mm-hmm. foot stock trailer. Right. And, and you're going to keep that. You're going to create uniformity and, and all that out of the system. It's difficult. So yeah. what we have out here in the West has been a really good thing. It's damn near impossible to do that. Yeah. Well, this is my concern. I, I feel as if am I getting Florida cattle because of where I'm located and the logistics and the cost factor of transporting it? Like I'm never going to see your meat here in Florida. Um, uh, two things. One is I do have a food service following out of New Jersey, actually, who has a very good, strong FedEx relationship. And there is a couple locations down in the southern end of Florida that have painted hills somewhere. It's kind of like when I went to Denver the other right. day. Gabrielle and I are sitting around after our event and we're, you know, I should take her to a nice dinner of some kind. What should we do? And there was an Italian place I knew of where we, we ended up going to. But I said, what? well, let's search for painted hills. I found two restaurants in Denver with painted hills on the menu. It oh. was a strip loin steak. And so that tells me that at some point I had a strip loin at the right price that the sales guy, local sales guy had some success and he nailed down a couple high end restaurants and, and it's been able to stick because of the quality that right. kind of sticks it there. But mm-hmm. the same that same company, that D'Artagnan group. They can get product all around the country. They can. They they have a location in Herm or Hermiston. Hermiston. <laughs> That's another garden garden spot. Houston and Houston and Denver and Chicago. I ship to Chicago when they deal with it from there. But yeah, it, it's kind of a them. yeah. It's kind of a small scale. That that's food service, right? And food service makes uh-huh. beef go a long way. I I I told one of my feeders. I said, Hey, I found my name on a menu in a in a. And in, in, in a restaurant in Denver, two of them. And he says, oh, boy, how, how much beef do they use? And I said, well, they probably use one strip loin a week. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? He's offended. I'm like, yeah, it's just a restaurant. Restaurants have lots of things on the menu. They make beef go a long ways. And, I, and I'm open. I want somebody watching this to call me on it, you know, re- reach out to me and bother <laughs> me over the head, prove me wrong. Because I want to hear that. That's great. I'll be all over it. But Well, you're talking to a very famous restaurantour. There right you there, go. Right there. <laughs> it goes a long ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. When I, when I was doing all the catering stuff, yeah. you know, we, I would call you. And it, this wasn't about strip loins, although we did some of those. But they'd always want to try tip. Yeah. You know, we, we oh. made, we made tri-tip now famous. That doesn't go a long ways. No, it doesn't. But you would have to say, I need, you know, if I've got 60 people going to eat, I need at least two or three cases 
yeah. you know, to do that because yeah. they're, you know, they're packed and yep. singles or twos or whatever yep. Yep. like that. But you gotta, you, you know, it, it, yeah. it's not that easy to find in some parts of the country, not just your beef, but any good beef. Right. Yeah. Exactly like that. So it's, it's difficult. Yes, dear. I, I, I love tri-tip and it's hard to find, you know, it's mostly over on the West coast, California. And I love it. It's fantastic. Um, I guess you, you basically take care of the cattle and raising and selling them. You don't really take care of the processing as far as, uh, how you cut it into say how many tri-tips you get out of this and, you know, demand and all that. Cause to to me, that seems extremely complicated. It is. What's your, what's your favorite cut of meat? We have a plan. Yes. Time out. We got to take a break. Oh man. You're going to come. You got me revved up. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to come back and answer that question here on barbecue nation, uh, with JT, Leanne and Will Homer right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Go figure. Uh, beef the way nature infen- uh, offended. <laughs> when we start over there, Painted Hills Beef, Natural Beef, whatever. It's good stuff. Just- <laughs> I got the pressure on there. You got the pressure right. on there. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Great knives. Check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. I'm JT. We've got Leanne with us, my co-pilot there, awesome. and uh, Will Homer, the CEO. Oh, I need a driver. Yeah, uh, you do. I need a driver on that. If you want to contact us, just go to BarbecueNationJT.com. Send us an email, and uh, I'll share it with the crew here, and we'll get you an answer. Yeah. Unless it's something really rude. Okay. Yes. She asked you a question. Yes. You want to answer it now? So, so Leanne, yes, I am. Uh, we have a family ranch. My brother does most of the ranching part. I actually pride myself on the refrigerated side. So we work with Tyson. We have a schedule every uh, Monday. We get a grade. And from that grade, we have uh, POs in hand. And we have a, I have a crazy spreadsheet because I love Excel that gives us hmm. all the outline to break that steer into all the different pieces, apportion the parts we don't have enough of, the tri-tips, and figure out what we're going to do with the stuff we can't get rid of all of it but Mm -hmm. anyway so then back to your favorite uh portion or favorite uh, item with uh beef i don't know i guess i've told jeff it's a culotte i mean it's the pecana whatever the buzz is and i hate to push that because in my production world I can sell a whole top sirloin to a retailer. They can use their labor and their marketing skills and they can make that work for them. Uh, when I take that pecana off at the plant and I sell that independently, it makes a top sirloin very expensive and it kind of it, it net costs me more money than it's worth. But eating experience, <laughs> that's my favorite is yeah. the, is the, um, is the pecana or culotte. It seems, it seems like that's, been the rage the past year do you foresee in the future another cut coming strong and being like the happening cut to yep terrace major try (laughs) what is it the terrace major or the petite tender the shoulder tender there's a small muscle that sits on the shoulder 
um, often gets away with the shoulder clawed, but it looks like a miniature tenderloin. You'll see, um, sometimes I've seen it like a medallion steak, like uh, mm-hmm. they'll put it on noodles or rice in a restaurant, and you'll have these little round, look like silver dollar size, is probably as big as it gets, and they slice it across. And it is a, it's a tenderloin style look, a shape. Uh, very tender, but it has that chuck flavor. You know, that front end, that chuck has a nice uh-huh. flavor to it. So that's a piece that, but again, again, there's uh one pound per animal. So you can't right. get too crazy. Right. So we, yeah. we've seen quite an evolution in the, in the steer altogether, you know, in that w- there was a day when I started that you took briskets and you let them ball up and you sold them all for a dollar and a half just to get them out of your way. And you took short ribs and, and you balled them all up in a freezer somewhere and you sold them to a wholesaler for a dollar and a half. And now they're seven and a half bucks, you know, and, and right. briskets went to five, six bucks and, and, uh, short ribs, you know, and, and tri- uh, tri tip. I sell my tri tips just under $9 a pound wholesale. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough to go around. And, and, and the pressure that's building will just make them higher. It, it's a, it's a crazy game. I always have to come rob yeah you yes. to get my tri tips <laughs> you gotta you gotta play the seasonality yeah you know, I, I know so I know. I you keep it. your freezer empty in january and you usually pay the you get the win that way i know <laughs> i got a schedule on my wall what are you talking about i know how this works those those uh those petites are they're like we said their name is terrace major yeah i've used those a ton of times like at barbecues when i'm <laughs> celebrity cooking if you want to call it that for people yeah. when when i was doing the football games yeah the tailgating i used those people went nuts over those yeah they went absolutely nuts because they thought they were eating fillets yeah you know it's just easy it's just easy to do it yeah. and they're really tender and they're yeah. they're very flavorful so if there was anything that's going to become a rarity i would think it's those yeah they've been hot they were hot uh you know as the restaurant business came back you could really sense it in my world, and that is they bought a lot of those, what they call thin meats. And, right. and I, I always thought they were thin because they were physically thin. That's not it. Uh-huh. They're thin because there's not enough of them go around. You right. got to spread them thin. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, those are the ones that, that they got real popular with the food service side, and I think they're going to stay popular. I really do. I I'll think. send her some. Yeah, there you go. I will. That there would be go. great. Yeah. Then, I'll, then, of course, I'll be reaching out and going, I need some more. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I've just, yeah. And, you know, we're... Um, we are, you know, this time of year, I take some product that's not moving real good. Uh, the grills all went away down here in the valley. So right. some of these thin meats get tied up. So I'm putting some uh, tri tips and such in the case ready you've gotten before. Right. I'm actually going to put some flanks in some of those this right. year because flanks have gotten slow. So yeah. I'll I'll get, I'll have flanks maybe in February or January, February. There you so, go. So there you go. There you go. What, um, what's your favorite one? I mean, You've been to my house. I've been to your house. When you throw something on the grill to impress guests, you don't do that for me, but anybody you really want to impress, <laughs> what do you throw on the grill for? Ribeye? That's kind of a standard. No, nah, I, I probably don't do too many ribeyes because I am the business owner. I'd rather sell it than eat it, right? Right. So, but probably strip loin. I can get by with a strip loin. or a, And we do some split items at right. the plant level. So it gives you that opportunity. We've also done whole strip loins, cut them in half. And I've found I like that strip loin when you 
when you get the whole one, you know, everything. I'm not much of a butcher. Mm-hmm. I never, and, and I also, I know that a $9 strip line, when you take your knife like that and you cut that fat off, that was $9 fat I just took off. So yeah. I'd rather just take it off when I, before I eat it, you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I like to cut that strip line in half and smoke those two halves. Mm-hmm. And it creates more ends and it just, I don't know, it's making me, I'm starting to get hungry now. I know. You gotta, <laughs> it's supposed to take me to lunch after this. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Down to Tony's. We'll yeah. Get a corned we beef a, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing no, wrong with that's that. Right. I'm, um, we did a show with Meathead last week or the week before. They all kind of merge in after a while. We were talking about the Spinellas on a, oh, yes. on a you know, a rib. Yep. And um, that's kind of one of my favorite parts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is my favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. You can have a Spinellas party. Just Spinellis. a big, big bib. I got hit up by it. We also work with a group, uh, Inland Seafood out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they cover kind of your area, Leanne, down there in the southeast. Uh-huh. And they, they were the first ones that came to me and said, I want to buy the Spinellis. And I said, well, why would you eat a ribeye? Just the eye. You want the, everybody wants the Spinellis. You yeah. know? So I refuse to take them off. But as high and as valuable as ribeyes have gotten now, I'm not so sure you couldn't you couldn't do that. But in the the downside to the big plant that we work with is that it everything is calculated in the cycles. And so when you come up with new items and they created a few years ago, the beef council created the chuck roll and they took right. three different muscles out of it and created three different items. Then but there's not three different cycles on the cryovac at the end of the line to add. Right. So they couldn't mm-hmm. make it at the plant. So if they do spinella, they're gonna have to have a new item and run this run the cryovac one more time per three head or whatever that is. Yeah. And they don't have the speed to do that. Now, as we move forward maybe two years from now and we run low on cattle supply, because that's where we're headed is a lower cattle numbers, then maybe they'll be making things like that because they'll have the cycles without the head to go through. Yeah, so. we're, we're going to talk about the next that in the last segment and also in after hours. I just don't we're we're kind of using a studio that I'm not familiar with today. So what do we got on time here, Chris? That many fingers? OK, <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got these many. Oh, OK, there's many there's many times left. <laughs> I remind it's me a of wrestling someone. match. Yeah, well, my kid would say I have this many yeah. some whatever. Um, I find it, though. That, you know, I used to do some in-store demos for you uh-huh. way back when. Yeah. And we would we would go in and do that. And I actually converted a couple of vegetarians to eating red meat again. Only yours, though. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, that's not a, it has to be really good quality. Sure. And, you know, they always look kind of like um, the Scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz's sick niece or nephew when they come to you because they're all don't, white. Don't pick on them because most, they said, what, 80% of vegetarians stop being a vegetarian. Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> they might die. <laughs> don't pick yeah. on them. They might get sick. Oh, my goodness. Just float away. Uh, you know, do something like that. But I think, <laughs> I, I think, oh, I had some great times with people out there. Trust me. Um, but I think people are very quality conscious is oh, where yes. I'm going with this. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, um, they've heard enough about, uh, you know, prime, choice, st- standard, utility, throw it away, whatever. It just keeps dairy cattle down at the end, whatever it is, like that. And so most of them are kind of tuned in 
to um you know choice yeah like that and yeah. and because and, a lot of stores but you know when uh like safeway used to do rancher select yeah and people thought they were getting a great deal yeah well and, they were because most of safeway's meat was was cow meat before that right so then they'd slid up to to a select grade and graded their beef and then and then now all the grocers are moving into they've strongly moved into choice right in fact you know we've We've picked on Walmart before, but since Leanne's in Florida, I can I can send her out to go look now and see what Walmart's doing and see that Walmart is actually taking step towards what we do with the natural, no hormones, no antibiotics, trying to create a better product because the consumer has the money for it. Yeah, that's the reality as a consumer has money and they want to buy the experience. They want to buy the story. They want to do all that. Just just the other day, I was in one of the local stores and just walked by the ice cream case. You never knew there was so many ice cream stories. <laughs> yeah. But it used to be chocolate and vanilla and chocolate fudge. And, and you know, I mean, there was four, right? And now it's the mm -hmm. whole, yeah, you're right. It's a story. It's an experience. It's a, they're all this big around, you know, yeah. $9. We're going to, $9. We're yeah. going to, we're going to take a break so Leanne can go get her ice cream fix. And, nah. we'll, be, and we'll be back here on Barbecue Nation <laughs> right after this. Awesome. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Uh, we're with Will Homer today. I'm JT along with uh, Miss Leanne Whippin. Uh, Leanne had quite an experience last weekend. She was down at the SEC championship, you know, Bama roll tide and the Gators oh, like that. Okay, yes, she uh -huh. was, she was judging, a, a Johnsonville cookoff oh, down wow. there, you know, big, big, oh, big I'll production. Bet. Oh, I'll bet. Like that. It yeah. was. Yeah. And, uh, she sent a picture out of her and a couple of the duck dynasty guys and, and nice. Awesome. they like to eat. They, and it's funny. We went out to dinner Friday night and. Everyone's like, well, what are you going to get? What are you going to get? I said, well, I'm going to get the duck, of course. Yes. And they all kind of like looked at me like, no, not the duck. Well, mine ended up being the nicest plate. But yeah, it was a great experience. You know, it's amazing. Like I was talking about like the cuts of meat and all of that. But Johnsonville also is being innovative in that. I didn't even know they had it, but they they slice their sausage so that it looks like bacon. I mean, it's everybody's oh, getting mm. so creative. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about marketing and, yes. you know, whatever. But uh, that it, it was definitely a good time. Yeah, I, I slice my spam that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. good. I actually kind of like spam. So. I kind of do, too. But yeah. I, Chris Cal, is out there. Cal's give me the hero. thumbs up. Yeah, he's he's a spam. I've monster. got spam in my cabinet right now. Oh, I mean, I are. put it in my air fryer, believe it or not, oh. and it comes out really good. Really? Yes. Try it in the air fryer. Oh, I will. I'll do mm -hmm. it, but I'll have you it on. Gets, I'll have you on a call to walk all me. on the outside of it. It's oh, delicious. Yeah. Walk me through it. We make a beef uh -huh. bacon out of brisket to to try yeah. and make mm, the brisket yum. go away. That was back when, you right. know. And so, yeah, that's a pretty hot item. That. Yeah, so I do used, you do do you have the wagyu meat? I no, do have the cross. No? We okay. we are we are an Angus based program. We are we originally started as just choice and select because that's where cattle were, and we were we we got a grade better than. 
you, cattle grade better when they don't get a hormone implant in the feed yard. So, mm-hmm. so we kind of lived in this premium level. And then as they've gotten better, the genetics that I was talking about earlier, cattlemen have done a great job and now cattle are better than ever. And I'm looking at 50%, 48% primes last right, week or something right, crazy right. thing. And so, um, but, but that is the key is the no hormones, no antibiotics, but mostly Angus cattle, good, good genes like that. I've been asked to do the Wagyu thing and it baffles uh-huh. me. It's a very second rate animal as an animal goes. Mm-hmm. They, I, I ran, I, I ran into a guy the other day out in Legrand who grows them. He's our banker and he grows them. <laughs> and he says, he says, you can breed the mother ability, the milking out of them in two generations. Huh. Now we we want cattle to be better milkers, better beef production, right. smarter animals, gentler animals. Wagyu are wild and crazy hares that are poor looking, poor quality animals. But the beef, but they've sold the name to the point that people are buying. But just they're looking for it, and I don't know how to get there. I don't know. How, I, I'm gonna literally have to invest in Jeff's backyard and pay for him to grow me three head or 10 head and do that on a big scale because I don't want to do anything less than 40 head a week. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. So that's 2000 head that I have to grow one at a time. I'm going to have to invest in three years in advance because a normal steer we feed for 150 days to go from big calf to fed steer. Mm -hmm. A Wagyu animal goes from big calf to fed steer in 300 days. Yeah. So it's, it's all bass backwards yeah yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, and so it's hard for a cattleman to do that it's hard for it, it i mean and i know i'm offending the wagyu growers out there because there's thousands of them and they're growing six head and they're and they're excited we'll call me let's put six head together in a pot load of 60 and see yeah. if we can sell them yeah the the really the only way it turns is to put them mix them with a, a holstein cow who's trapped a holstein cow is in a holstein world and put a Wagyu animal bull on that Holstein cow and create a Holstein beef, which is second level, and but it's got the Wagyu name on it, and because it sells by name alone. I got a confession. Yeah, I've had Wagyu several yeah. times. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say it was bad. Yeah, I no. It's too fatty for me. Yeah, you, Mister Tubbs here is saying it's too. I compared to. You know, your your products, a couple others around the country, but primarily yours. Uh, I just didn't care for it like I would. Well, I'd like to give it a try, but it's just so complicated and yeah. it's such a risk. Uh-huh. It scares me to death. Well, you know, and I think here's the thing that we we got people off the don't eat beef thing yeah. from years ago. We got yeah. them back eating kind of apportioned beef, if yeah. you will, like that. But then you're, you're, to me, you're headed back to that circle again where, that of course, there's never going to be that much Wagyu in comparison to regular beef. But still, if you just hold up a, you know, hold up a, a little steak from them, which yeah. they don't put the price on the label if they're prepackaged. Yeah. It just says market price on it. Oh. And it's got a it's nice. got a weight. Yeah. You know, like that. And they go in and scale it and nice. it automatically comes up on the skew and that'll be yeah. $73 for four ounces. You know, it's well like, it has to be, from what yeah. I just told you. Right. You know, gonna feed it too long. It's gonna be second level. It, it it's gonna have to be that. And right. so my, you know, people say, Oh, why do look at all the money they make? Now, just because I put it on a website and I put it for fifty six dollars a pound doesn't mean it's sold. 
Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so, True. yeah, True. you know, that's the part that this web, this any any sales part is it's just like you said earlier, you got to control the pieces and you got to control the flow. And it's all about trying not to have to discount too much. And that scares me. The, the investment we'll have into that just scares me to death. Now, I, you know, that that kind of made me scratch my head. In fact, I, I took a picture of it and sent it to you. This was several months ago of the market that had those little Wagyu, little Wagyu steaks. Because I had never seen, I now we go to a restaurant and it'll say filet and crab legs or some market yeah. market price. Yeah, nah, the, you know you expect to yeah. write in a bigger check for that, so to speak. Yeah, but when they won't put it on in the grocery store, that's interesting. Yeah, I found that fascinating yeah. that they wouldn't do it. You know, and yeah. they and they didn't have when you put in the little the little um, price cards on the on the shelf of the cooler. Yeah, there wasn't enough room for the zeros. Yeah. On, on the price, oh my you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. there wasn't enough room because they're only that big. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. So whatever. Wow. I mean, it's, yeah, that's it. No, I know. I know. And, and they are needy animals. Oh yeah. They are very needy animals. <clears throat> well, it kind of concerns me going back to what you said that you could cra- cross um, a Wagyu, I guess, cow with a Holstein and still call it Wagyu. I didn't think that was legal. I thought Wagyu had to specifically be crossed with, you know, a, a cow from the Kobe region or whatever. And then plus you can cross it with a black Angus, but I didn't know you could crisscross and actually cross again and still call it Wagyu. Oh yeah. To, yeah. That, that's scary to me. Yeah. yeah. That's how it all runs. That's how a lot of programs run. And speaking of scary, we're out of time on the regular show, but we're all three going to join each other in the after hours. That's where it really gets scary because there's, <laughs> there's no rules and regulations for that. Oh, my goodness. Will, it's great to see you. You too. Merry Christmas. Great to meet you, Leanne, in person. Great I, meeting you yeah. as well. Tex Homer over there. Happy Merry Christmas. All that. That's Try to get your brother out there jogging, would you? Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week with another edition of that. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season and um, stick around for after hours. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.